0: I think Mennonites, we like to get things done. Mm -hmm. And we don't always have patience to let the process. And some people take longer to work through their feelings and their ideas and and understandings of what's going on. And uh, so we need to be gracious. is decolonization.
1: I like actually using the word reconciliation. action.
2: I think it includes uh, recognition of, of history and what has happened in the past, and it also includes looking forward to
1: Step out of your comfort zone to confront your unconscious bias and to enter into the world of the other people.
2: Hi, I'm Heather Peters, and this is Reconcile, Everyday Conversations, a podcast from the United Central Committee, Saskatchewan. Florence Giger co-pastors Peace Mennonite Church in Regina, along with Otto, her husband of 64 years. Together, Florence and Otto have welcomed people from around the world into their house church, along with neighbours, people who have come out of prison, and visitors. I got to know Florence through her work with COSA South Saskatchewan, another restorative justice partner of MCC. In our conversation with Florence around reconciliation, she used her wealth of life experiences to reflect on the importance of conflict transformation, understanding how we need to learn from each other's perspectives. As always, I'm here with Joel, our editor. What stood out to you in our conversations with Florence?
1: Florence has worked with and pastored people from such diverse backgrounds, and I like how she talked about how we can learn from each other's differences, and not be separated because of these differences. In our conversation, she really highlighted the values of reconciliation as well. Humility, patience, respect, and building each other up, rather than degrading others.
2: We met Florence at our MCC office to talk about five questions. How would you define reconciliation? What experiences have led you to this understanding? What is the role of grace within reconciliation? How would you invite people onto this journey? And finally, why is reconciliation important to you? Let's listen to her reflections now.
0: I'm Florence Dreger. Um Otto and I are co-pastors of Peace Mennonite Church in Regina, and um, as part of our outreach into the community, both of us are involved in uh, circles of support and accountability work, as well as the Faith Community Reintegration Project of the federal uh, CSC um, Correction Service Canada uh, service in Canada. And um, we're lay pastors, and um, we host uh, people from many places around the world, and have done so for ever since we got married, which is going to be sixty-four years in a few in a few days. Reconciliation, I guess, uh, means that there has been some conflict or difference of opinion or broken relationships. And uh, reconciliation, in my view, is uh, the reestablishment and building of relationships uh, between people, individuals, whether in a small setting or between larger groups of people. And um, showing respect and acceptance for each other. Well, I guess if if we want to go back, it's from my family and... uh, than all through the years of education and work that I've been involved in, or and we as a family have been. And some examples have been um, between um, people who have come from another country or several countries, and their cultures and their way of seeing things don't necessarily match. Uh, between people of in Canada, between METI and First Nations people. I've seen and heard, been part of community discussions where there were um, difficulties between people uh, First Nations folks and uh, new Canadians that have come into our community and uh, uh, there have been differences of opinion there Uh, and then um, just in day-to-day relationships uh, sometimes we don't understand each other or or, um, there can be many other examples as well Given the fact that we're working with a lot of troubled people over our many years, uh, we've had many different experiences where people have uh, are troubled because relationships have been broken or uh, they don't know what to do, how to reconnect parents and children and all kinds of examples. You know, you get all kinds of different ways of dealing with conflict. Some have um, actual rituals of dealing with conflict. Some will just walk away. In some situations, they become very animated and very loud and fighting with each other and and then they turn around and they're hugging each other. (laughs) Some you can't reconcile or there isn't a reconciliation. There can be forgiveness on the part of one but not of the other. Um, There is no one answer. There is no easy answer to dealing with conflict. I think of grace as being an expression of love, compassion, of caring, and respect, especially. And when they feel that they have been respected, that is an example of grace. Somebody gets very angry at you, and um, rather than fight back, you acknowledge it and um, walk away and let the person deal with their own anger for a while but not ignore them, and be ready to re-establish a connection with them when they are ready. And that's a gracious act, or felt to be a gracious act, on the part of the person that kind of instigated a, a, a difficult response to something that happened. God provides us with the ability to show love, and, and um, He loves us regardless of whether we are nasty or kind. He is always gracious, and um, that is an act of, I mean, God's love for us is a gracious act. And we are asked to share that same approach to other people, in my view. I mean, first of all, one has to believe that reconciliation is important. That there is, um, that people can be reconciled that you're not being soft or a bleeding heart when you work towards reconciliation. Um, Reconciliation is hard at times, it's very hard. Other times it's because we have to recognize that um, it, it takes humility to admit, to deal with the things that I did that might have caused the, the rift in the relationship. It may not be, but usually we say it takes two to tangle. So usually that's the case, not always. And I don't, I don't um, want to lay blame. I think too often we blame rather quickly. I think another thing that we can do is education, of course, telling stories and being prepared to share the stories that we might go through. Uh, We may feel that we will be judged if we share a story of reconciliation that we really didn't get along well with that neighbor. And uh, you know people say, well, you must be a funny, or there must be something wrong with you that you didn't get along with your neighbor. And, um, you know, sometimes we, when we admit that we have failed, we feel that we won't be heard, or we won't be accepted, or there's something wrong with us, or we are the one at fault. The guys were talking, and um, they were really being very negative about, this was about Aboriginal people in the community. And so Otto turned to the one fellow and he said, you know, when you were a young guy, uh, you were in school where you probably were the minority, yeah? I won't use the cultures that they came from, but and how did the other people in that community treat you? And then that fellow started talking about how often he had been humiliated and teased and all kinds of negative things thrown at him for being of the culture that he was. And then Otto turned to him and said, you know, I think that's kind of the way some of the aboriginal people feel when we talk, like we've been talking here. He said, never again in the time that we were neighbors, there were three neighbors and they were from three, well, we were who we are and then there's two other neighbors, they never ever spoke negatively about aboriginal people in at least in our midst or in our and it's it's using little day-to-day examples like that that can sometimes help people start thinking, "Oh, maybe I haven't been as as welcoming and as positive as I should have been." But that's on a one-to-one basis and uh, we know that we can't just do it One of the things that I do is I write letters to politicians when I hear them helping us as a society think more broadly about issues, about the cross-cultural problems that we've been facing in Canada. We haven't got a perfect record. We've had the Ku Klux Klan. In Saskatchewan, we've done things to people from other countries that are not nice. On the other hand, I think we should also recognize in one of our discussions with um, some of the black people that were in Canada as a result of plan efforts in the States, some of the black people came to Canada. And uh, one day we were talking with one of the elderly gentlemen who was farming in the Herschel area, and uh, Otto asked him, what was it like for you uh, when the Ku Klux Klan... Oh, he said, you know, we felt safe. We were within a Mennonite community, and they accepted us. And so we didn't feel we had to leave, even though Ku Klux Klan was in in the larger Saskatchewan community. So we have the negative stories, but we also have positive stories as well. But we can also um, encourage people to hear the stories, go and listen to CBC. Evidently there is going to be a, a uh, first-time encounter, uh, stories uh, where people that know nothing about the history of the Aboriginal people in, in Canada, and um, uh, those are good to encourage people to watch and listen to and talk about and so forth. I don't shy away from talking to people about about uh, some of these um, Experiences that people have had. I tell stories. I, I've met with so many Aboriginal people over the years, uh, especially in circles of support and accountability. We have um, about a, a third to a half of our um, people that we relate to are have Aboriginal heritage, either uh, First Nations or Métis. So. And some of their stories are really very sad. Well, I think it's based on my faith, on the importance of building a society, a community, that is supportive of people rather than degrading them. I think that's what we're called to as, as Christians, to welcome the neighbor, to love the neighbor, even our enemies. Uh, I don't see most people as my enemies, but I don't agree with a lot of people. I think I have the hardest time loving and accepting people that I think should know better. <laughs> And it's it's people that I've grown up with in the church or in the community, and uh, you know if people don't know and don't have the background and information, then I think it's my responsibility to encourage them to read, to give examples, to tell stories. I've had people come to my home and they can't walk away because I've had them over for a meal or whatever and we have different races all coming together and uh, they find out, oh, we can have a lot of good times together and it's interesting. And And in our churches, like in our church, we have people from all the continents, well, just about all the continents around the world, and uh, so when we're uh, having examples, or we ask for examples of, you know, how did you do it in your in your church? Or what happened? Uh, what's the tradition? And all that kind of thing. And, and we ask it from the different cultures and backgrounds, and they all tell their stories. And some are similar, and some are very different. And uh, for instance, um, when it was, came time for a discussion about um, uh, marriage um, examples or family examples, we had uh, one situation where we found out that in these African situations, they had Sponsors, the, both the husband and wife, and if the husband and wife were having trouble, they'd go to the sponsors and then get the sponsors to help them sort through their difficulties. Uh, another situation: we had a young man living with us for a year through the International Visitor Exchange Program. He had four mothers, and he loved all four of them, and that was their tradition. And. Um, I don't know how they dealt with conflict, but they each each mother had their own home, and he knew who his mother was, but if his mother wasn't at home and he needed some, he'd go to Mother 2. And if Mother 2 wasn't around, then Mother 3. So... Uh, you know we we hear about all these different, and you learn so many things from all these different people from around the world, whether it has to do with reconciliation or whether it's to do with many other things. so so life is very rich and interesting and and uh, we learn a lot It can be very. Very life giving, but it's not always easy. We've dealt with some situations where people have needed a lot of time, and I think Mennonites we like to get things done, and we don't always have patience to let the process and the, some people take longer to work through their feelings and their ideas and, and understandings of what's going on. And uh, so we need to be gracious and give people time to deal with the issues that they're facing. And um, very often when there's conflict, there often also is some background difficulty uh, that we don't necessarily see. Uh, We see the surface issues, but we don't see the underlying issues, and it's really important to take the time to really listen and hear not just verbal, but also uh, the other parts of, of who people are.
2: I like how our time with Florence was filled with so many truth nuggets and a lot of real talk. Like how loving people is not easy, but it is simple. Like how everyone deals with conflict differently, or how there is usually much more beneath the surface of the conflict than we might initially observe. And how some of the hardest people to love are the ones we think should know better, because they are probably the most like us.
1: And Florence's invitation to reconciliation was really personal, and I like that too. First, how we must have enough humility to admit our own wrongs or harms in a situation, to listen to and learn from each other's stories, and to share these stories with others, including politicians. Florence referred to a documentary that was broadcast on CBC. This three-part series can be found online at firstcontactcanada.ca.
2: We will provide the link for this series in our show notes, as well as a link to COSA South Saskatchewan, an organization Florence is deeply connected to. COSA South Saskatchewan is a volunteer-based organization in Regina that works at supporting people coming out of prisons and back into the community through friendship and support circles. We also have a link to our MCC advocacy toolkit, which has tips on writing letters to politicians and much more. Feel free to contact us at mccsk.ca for more information. Subscribe to our podcast to hear more conversations on reconciliation. This has been Reconcile, Everyday Conversations, a podcast from Mennonite Central Committee, Saskatchewan. Thank you for listening.